Hello and welcome to the Mission Inspire podcast, a production of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation. My name is Mo Barrett, a leadership speaker and retired Air Force Colonel. Late last year, we launched Courage Conversations, which was a series of episodes featuring in-depth one-on-one discussions with our nation's 65 living Medal of Honor recipients. The kinds of conversations you can't get anywhere else except right here on the Mission Inspire podcast. This month, I have the privilege of sitting down with Medal of Honor recipient, Command Master Chief Britt Slobinski. A Navy SEAL, Slobinski earned the medal for actions during the Battle of Takrgar, or Roberts Ridge, in March 2002. In addition to the Medal of Honor, he has earned a plethora of service awards, including the Navy Marine Corps Medal, Bronze Star with Valor, Combat Action Ribbon, Defense Meritorious Service Medal, and many more. And we are lucky enough to have him as a member of the museum's board of directors. So with that, it is my privilege to welcome Mr. Britt Slavinsky to the Mission Inspire podcast. Mr. Slavinsky, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Now, your involvement, we're going to jump right into this. Your involvement with the National Medal of Honor Museum and Foundation is a family affair because you're on the museum's board of directors and your lovely wife, Christina, who I happen to happens to be sitting right next to you right now, is. who was also on this podcast a few months back, told us yeah. about her role as the museum's associate mm-hmm. director of recipients and veterans relations. How did you hear about the project and what made you wanted to be so involved? Yeah, again, Mo, hey, thanks for thanks for doing this. You know, I kept, like I say, I always enjoy your company um, and really what, what you're trying to capture here it, it it really is a special project, so we want to thank you and, and Madison for for putting all this stuff together up front. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the so you know the, the I received the medal in 2018 for that action in 2002, and um, not long after receiving the medal, a, a friend of mine, Mike Hayes, who's who's on the board, uh, calls me up and says, "Hey, I'm thinking about joining the board of the National Medal of Honor Museum. Uh, why don't you come with me?" And I thought, yeah, I mean, first first thought is, you know, there there isn't already a National Medal of Honor Museum. Like that's like, how can there not not have been one? There's a lot of smaller efforts that are out there that are that are good, but nothing at the at the national level. So I said, yeah, Mike, let, let's go do this together. I love working with you, and let's let's go build this thing. And um, you know, the the medal was is just got to be a place for people to see it I, I view it as it's the nation's medal uh there's there's the dna of so many other people is embedded within it uh so it doesn't doesn't belong to me and th- it needs to be shared and the stories need to be told and what better place than for a museum and uh, i was happy to, and so excited to be a part of something that the nation needs so yeah jumped right in I love that. And, and uh, thanks to Mike for modeling uh, positive peer pressure. <laughs> so that's really good. And I love that the the the, D, the DNA of so many people is embedded in the metal. And you're talking, of course, about the, the figurative stuff. But one thing I want to talk about the physical metal, and a lot of listeners may not know this, but you created a very special moment last year. Um, there was an event last spring and you surprised, surprised everybody by removing your ceremonial medal from your neck and then passing it over to the museum president, who's Chris Cassidy, um, and being very gracious in gifting your medal to the museum. So you shocked everyone in the room, including Chris. Mm-hmm. And so what a special moment, again, that you created. But what a lot of people may not know is that up until that moment, 
-hmm. only a few people had even touched the metal. So can you tell us about that process and why you decided to donate to the museum? Yeah, sure. It, it, um, I mean, I guess in the end it was really a pretty easy decision, uh, but it took some, you know, it took, it took a little bit of time to, to, to think and, and work through it. So talking a little bit, you know, so in the, the, the white house ceremony, when that time comes, the, uh, there's a whole workup days before that. And I remember sitting in a Pentagon and they say, hey, when you get the medal, you're going to get the one that the president touches and puts on you. That's the historical artifact. And you'll wear it that day. But we recommend that you never wear that one again. Put it in a safe. Hmm. Never sees the light of day. And they'll give you a, a duplicate to wear. We had, we had a duplicate to, to wear. And I was like, you know, and you, you sign all these things, how you're going to take care of it and protect it and thing and everything. And so the medal, that that medal, it was only, at that time, it was only the presidential aide, the president, right, myself and Christina that had handled that medal wow. and we put it in the safe. And and it was every month, it was, you know, just like a weapon system, like your inventory net, like jacket, right? It, it, <laughs> is it in there? And finally, it just became, you know, and plus, if you, you know, if you're on the board, you kind of got to, you got to work when you're on the board and you got to contribute and if if they're building this museum for us, I gotta have to contribute. So just decided, hey, it's the right thing to do to take this metal out of the safe and put it in some very trusting hands where uh, they could tell the story of all that DNA that went into it. And the museum is, is just the, the perfect place for it. So, you know, Wiley X put that speaker series together mm -hmm. and I thought, well, this is the time to do it just let's just go and get do it right and uh we we planned it uh i did plan it a little bit with greg waters ahead of time so hey greg this is coming this way but i want everybody to be really surprised awesome and um and yeah just uh handed it over and it it just was the right thing to do i love that and i'm a big fan of behind the scenes stuff so i did not know that about the the, the you know like the duplicate like the kind of the on the road visible for everybody in the ceremonial medal so that's that makes it even more powerful because I didn't know that and so I love that so few people have touched something that has so many people embedded in it so that's really yes, really cool that's so a great you. way to put it yeah yeah so thank you from on behalf of the museum and the country for doing that but and so you talked about in 2018 um you went to the White House and you prepped and all the breeding briefings and stuff you do in the Pentagon um but receiving that medal of honor is is definitely a life-changing event not to mention the um the events that went into earning it so all that attention you get all the invitations and all the memories that come back um about those events um, i'm sure is overpowering um but can you tell us about how you learned that you would actually receive the medal yeah so it's um yeah it was pretty crazy uh so in what was it 2016 march I'm going to make sure I get my dates right here. Right, so right. Basically, in 2016, uh, I got invited to to my old command uh, to go to an award ceremony where some friends were receiving some pretty high-level awards, and the Secretary of the Navy was going to be there, and they wanted me to attend. So that's two years after I had retired. I retired in 20, 2014, uh, and I said, yeah, sure, I'd like to go. And we walk into the into the building, and the building's probably full of some three hundred or so people sitting there. And I'm, I go in the very back. I'm not sitting up front. I go in the back. I'm I'm sitting with all my old teammates, and we're just we're talking, and completely ignoring. Right, the Secretary of Navy walks up on stage. Right, when we're like, <laughs> hey, whatever. Like, yeah, you're impressive, but hey, I'd rather talk to my buddies. Sounds about right. Okay. And 
Um, first thing he says, I mean, the first thing he says, I just, I mean, he doesn't do any salutations. And the first thing he says is, I just want everyone here to know I, I just approved uh, the Medal of Honor for Command Master Chief Britt Slavinsky. Wow. And I'm in the back of the room and everyone, like, you know, everyone like turns and looks at me and I'm like, what did he just say? <laughs> like, what? That's the first I've heard of it. So that was the, that was the first I heard of it. Secretary Avery standing on stage and announcing it publicly. Wow. And then two years later, of course, the the president calls and, and makes it official, invites you to go to the White House. Wow. So that That's how I learned about it. Wow. So I, I guess it pays to uh, pay attention when some big wigs up on this <laughs> talking and you're in the back row chit-chatting with your buddies, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it does. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Always be on alert. That's the lesson we have to yeah. learn from there. But Question so you kind of touched on that. You touched on this, your teammates. Um, and and I think a lot of us who belong to groups or sense of have that sense of belonging to a group, we we understand that uh, that feeling of camaraderie and being able to sit in the back row and ignore the big wig at the front. Um but what is unique and special about the naval special warfare community? Because, again, we've all been parts of groups and we know we have that identity that we we belong in that group. But there's something definitely special about such an elite team of, of operators. So someone who doesn't maybe not maybe isn't familiar really with the special operator community, what drives them in that amazing service and dedication to America? Well, I think it. I think the term special, uh, the word special, it's 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 misleading. Hmm. And I might surprise you here with this, but I want to say hey, there's nothing special about it. Right? Nothing, nothing special about Naval Special Warfare or I say the special forces. Um, yes, they do go through some selective uh, screenings. They go through some specialized training. Uh, and it's you know certainly not easy. Uh, across all the forces, you know, that they, they have um, everyone that goes in, goes into the SEAL teams. I mean, there's only, I think, some 1,500 SEALs, but the rest are all support people as well. Certainly all uh, screened and trained um, as well. So the special piece is that there's no, um, there's really no core difference between what the special operators do and say, like what you did in your career or mm -hmm. or anyone else your commitment to the country and to uh the core the core idea of protecting the country pr protecting her people protecting the innocent and above all wherever we went just to go and make it right and do the best we can to help mm -hmm. that doesn't change from from service to service or just because you put special in front of someone's name so i'm going to say hey there's really really nothing special about them yeah they they you know they have some pretty challenging missions but it's a full team of people isn't it right it's a full team of people that comes together from across all the services and you know we have some of that rivalry stuff that say hey we're better right and and that's all fun stuff right but really when it all comes down to getting the job done it's boy we got one patch on our shoulder and right. we're all going to come together so um that, that's that's the piece that i really really i think i like about the entire military is like you said, hey, we're kind of a family in right. a way. It doesn't matter. Hey, we may not have ever, ever served together uh, in in a specific location or specific unit, but because we both, we both, we agreed, hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to make a right. promise to the country and to each other. That I think that's what's really important about it all.
Yeah, um, oh, I, I appreciate that. And that, that's certainly a modest perspective. Um, and, and it's funny you talk about, like, I always rib people because uh, just because I was smarter to choose the Air Force. And I, <laughs> I know you probably couldn't get in, but it's funny. It's kind of like with siblings, right? So we can all pick on our own siblings. But the minute somebody outside of our community starts picking on our siblings, yeah. is like, oh, no, 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 that's not your privilege, right? So I yeah. like how all the services can have that banter back and forth. But when it's coming from outside of that community, it's like we're all standing side by side. So, um, so yeah, I get that. But, um, and again, our sympathies for choosing the Navy, that's fine, <laughs> but, uh, I'll go easy on you today, Mo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Easy. Until we stop recording and then all hell is yeah. going to break loose, but, no. <laughs> but yeah, again, it's kind of like, you know, the Washington post has this, this motto it says, if you don't get it, you don't get it. So, you know, it's one of the same things. So I, I appreciate that modest perspective on, on the word special, but, uh, you're still, you're still in an elite, uh, group of, of people in my book and a lot of people's books, but, you are also one of the younger Medal of Honor recipients who are alive right now. And so you probably have a unique perspective on the museum as well as the monument. So a lot of people don't know that we have the museum in Arlington, Texas, that's coming uh, open, you know, in the, in the next uh, double digits number of months. But we're also having this effort to have a monument in the D.C. area. Um, and so that's going to have pay tribute to the heroics of you and all the other recipients. So can you talk a little bit about those kind of those two different efforts that are going on? Yes. So, uh, the, you know, certainly the, the museum, museum in Arlington, I mean, the, the country's needed a national museum sure. at that level to try to tie a lot of the efforts together, the communications, the stories. Um, and it also needs uh, the monument, a monument. Uh, so in an order and really to the, the monument came up because of uh, there needs to be a presence in D.C. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to the National Mall, there are a lot of war memorials. Yep. National Mall. Right. And unfortunately, so um, that the, there are a lot of war memorials. And my thought about the museum and the monument is that it wouldn't be it's not a war museum. The monument yeah. won't be a war monument. This this needs to be a museum about ideals, courage, um, convictions, compassion, uh, about being a contributor. And, you know, yeah, there, there are heroics there, but this, the human story of this is what needs to come across. This needs to be a museum about humanity and about stories. And to say people on their, you know, their darkest day, it was a dark, heavy, bad day and you know the recipients face that but in 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 some ways it's not unlike everything that some things that everybody faces you you may not have this kinetic action facing you in front of you but you may have some pretty difficult times and that's when your your humanity really has got to come out so i look at it i look at both the museum and the monument to to kind of almost balance some of the war stuff out to say hey here's the human side of all of this and in the hopes that, hey, let's just question question ourselves a little bit um, and say, hey, are we are we living up to that individually? So that's that's kind of my thought. I don't look at it as a as a war museum. There's plenty of those around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I love that how you talk about kind of that balance of of things like that. And and one of the things that you mentioned too is is kind of the everybody is is fighting their fight to to earn their their medal of honor in life so to speak and so uh kind of layered in the medal itself are these values of courage and sacrifice patriotism and citizenship 
integrity and commitment. So whether it's at the monument or whether it's at the museum in Texas, why do you think it's important to pass on those six values to the next generation of Americans? Yeah, it's, I don't know how, how spicy you want to get to, to get Mo, but I mean, you I know, I love that, spicy. So bring it on. Okay, here we go. So, I mean, the country's in a tough spot. Yeah. It, it just is. And it doesn't seem to be getting any better right now. I mean, you look at, I mean, let's just look at what happened in, uh, in the house recently. And you have a couple of representatives going after each other, yep. like just unsatisfactory behavior for the rest of the country. And, um, I look at those, those values and the stories that the, the museum and, and the message that it conveys, um, you know, we're at a deficit for those things now. You know, we don't, we don't, there's no place that I know of that you can go where you, they talk about that stuff. I don't even know if parents are doing it. And I, and I, I know um, that I know certainly the service academies are doing it. The, um, you know, boot camps are doing it. But outside that, that, I don't know of any other institutions are doing it. That I don't even know how many uh, universities are, are are really having those discussions. Maybe they have talks in ethics, but um, I think that we just have to have a have a place where we talk about those things and it's those values. And it doesn't necessarily, and it really probably shouldn't even be about for the next generation. I'm out for the current generation. Yeah, fair. fair. If, if an adult walks through there let's just say oh let's just be real here for a minute let's just say a congressman or a senator or some elected official walks through there and there's something in there that sparks a little um uh, uncomfortableness about their own individual character and can maybe question that or their motives uh, would then the museum and the monument and the message it conveys be a success on that one sole individual level yeah I, I, I would think so. And we never would need to know that, right? It's right. just, hey, we're just going to say, hey, here's this here's this human story and we can do better, right? We can, we can do better with respecting each other um, and communicating more efficiently with each other yeah. and showing more compassion for each other. So um, I guess I, I kind of have this, this idea in the back of my head uh, maybe too idealistic, but I have this idea in the back of my head that a Medal of Honor recipient is an endangered species hmm. that we will uh, so hopefully sometime in the future never never get to meet a living one. Um, never get to meet the spouse of, of one because as a society, we have evolved beyond the conditions that created them. Wow. Maybe wow. That's some, that's certainly something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you you talk about the divisiveness of our country and and I think because of the ideals and because of of the way we view the medal and the way it's earned and the people that earn them and you talked you know you talk about the hopes that someone will go through the 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 museum and maybe do a little bit of introspection about the way they're living their own life and not see it as a completely separate thing like these are these people that did this and I'm just a, a, a guest in this house. But what other lessons or values do you hope that somebody will walk out with after they've kind of been through the whole story and the way that the, the, the museum is laid out? What else do you think they'll walk out with? Um, I, I hope it's one of, I mean, to, to build on our previous, the, the previous topic there that um, 
really, if someone walks out the exit, I want them to go, look, I got to go right back in the entrance. And go, I got to go right through that thing again. Right. Mm. Um, and thinking that, look, I, they have dark, everyone has their, their dark days, um, but it's a, a story of resilience and perseverance. Um, you know, ultimately like of love for, for each other um, to say, look, if they can per someone can persevere under those bad conditions, Hey, my, my stuff's not so bad. Right. And I can, I can overcome it. You just got to keep going. I have a good friend um, just recently retired. I won't name, name him, but I'll tell him to listen to this and he'll know that I'm, I'm talking about him. Um, he says, you got to stay in the fight. Right? Mm -hmm. You got to get back up and you just got to, you just got to keep going. And um, that's, you know, I, very true. Hopefully people leaving that museum will say, look, I got to, I just got to keep trying. Yeah, this situation I'm in, it's it seems impossible to me. Where I'm being mistreated, or I'm mistreating someone, um, or you know, this decision that's in front of me just seems so hard and so painful. It's just going to hurt me. It's going to hurt so many people. But if your convictions are that it's the the right thing to do, um, then you just you got to go with it because. Right, you'll just chew yourself up if you don't. Yeah, That's no, I love that. Stay in the fight. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, and we'll also make sure that uh, Christina and you can both convey to the museum architects that we want a revolving door, so that when you come out the exit, you go right back in again. So, I love, I love that concept of just almost feeling like, man, did I get everything I needed to get out of that, and to be able to go back through it again and say, okay, let me let me look at it with a new perspective because, um, you know, maybe people go through the first time thinking it's just a museum and then coming back through the second time realizing that this museum is about them just as much as it is about all the recipients. So, yeah, then we're successful. Then we're successful. Right. Say, this right. is, hey, you're not going in there to look at guns or any of this other stuff. You're going in there to say, right. hey, this fills my tank. Right. I'm going yep. in there to, to, yep. to get something that's really going to help me or my kids get through. I got a difficult decision to make. Hey, I'm just yeah. going to go walk through the museum or browse the website or whatever, and maybe it helped. Yeah. Help them stay in the fight. I love that. Yeah. So, so, so speaking of other set, uh, the other Medal of Honor recipients, one of the things that we've been able to do on this podcast is, is sit down and have these kind of courage conversations with people. Um, and, you know, you, you don't think maybe that it's so special, but your life story is definitely service far and be a, uh, far and above beyond that, just that call of duty that we normally expect someone um, to do in the military. And um, I know that your story, the more people read about it and find out about it through the museum or whether they read anything online or by listening to this podcast. But we always ask people, um, is there another Medal of Honor recipient whose story inspires you? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to answer that question with, with a story for you. Right. And um, so that so, like I said previously, the medal medal came my way in 18 20, and this was uh may of 18 and, and the, you know the society holds their annual convention every year and that one was in september of that year so i'm a i'm like the newest recipient mm -hmm. and it was being held uh right there in uh annapolis and uh christina and i so we get into the hotel and christina you know we drive up and there were happened to be a hurricane going on that time in Virginia, in Virginia beach. And we ditched the kids. We're like, you guys are staying. I forget. Hey, good luck with the hurricane. We're out. We're going to a big party. Um, so we get up to the, we get up to the hotel and this, this particular convention, I think had 40 plus recipients at it. Wow. 
and which is a really great turnout of the 65 that we have. Mm-hmm. And I remember very vividly, um, Christina and I, you know, we came down the elevator, we go to the hospitality room where everyone's gathering before we get on the bus and leave. And I met, like, I've only met a couple of, couple of recipients mm-hmm. from this point. And I remember walking in a room and you see about 40 recipients in the room. And I mean, it's still, it's like, I, we stopped at the door. It's like, wow. what are we doing here? Like yeah. what, like, what? yeah, okay. I have the metal on, but like really what, what, whoa. And that awe of being there, right. Just kind of froze us in our tracks. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, I mean, there was another recipient saw this going on or standing at the door he was, you know, in, in a, in a wheelchair, you know, and he got up, walked over to us, right. And just shook my hand. He just to say, welcome to the family. Wow. It was, um, it was just, it was just, uh, you know, he took this very nervous, tense moment and just washed all that away. Awesome. So when you say, do I have a special recipient? I still have that feeling when I walk in the room, even with just another recipient there, but mm-hmm. I don't have a bunch of them in the room. And it is, you know, just just such a humbling privilege, I guess, to be in that in that mix of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah, and, and I love that you guys have that community in that sense. It's again, it's that it's all these overlapping Venn diagram or concentric circles or some geometric, you know, thing. But but within this community is a smaller community, is a smaller community, um, and and hopefully your your prediction is correct that you are an endangered species that we can uh, eventually get so, beyond having to award this um you know this for this for some really tragic and eventful events um but i love that you guys have each other and it's a nice brotherhood currently a brotherhood but i, I love that you guys have that so yeah it um, been great to meet mary walker I know, right? I know. Yeah. She's she's a little stud muffin. I mean, I, yeah. I when I was in the Pentagon, I would always go point out her name on the Civil War uh, recipients. Like, this is the only female, and I believe she was a civilian. She was a nurse, right? But I mean, it's just like... Yeah, physician, I think. I think she's a physician, I think. And uh, oh, yeah, she must be. Uh, yeah, yeah. Would be great to meet her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we go back in time and uh, and 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 meet these people and just kind of just kind of listen to them and hear their stories and stuff like that. So yeah, but. Britt, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. I know that you are very busy, and I know that our audience is grateful that you could join us today and spend a little bit of your time with us. Um, before we part ways, is there any anything we didn't cover that you want to make sure your listeners know in addition to positive peer pressure, listening to the guy up front and not hiding in the back and staying in the fight? <laughs> oh, there's so many things, Mo. We could spend so much time talking. I, know, right? about I just wanted to just say I really appreciate, again, what, what you're doing here. Uh, really important. I know this this idea is going to continue to grow. We have more stories to tell. Um, and as the, as the museum gets closer and closer to opening, I imagine you are going to get busier and busier. And um, I just really appreciate what you're doing. Appreciate all your listeners too for paying for doing this. Uh, you're competing with a lot of a lot of podcast space that's yeah. out there. Um, but I, I really appreciate them as well too. So uh, thanks, Mo. I look look forward to being in your company again soon. Yeah, you too, Britt, to you and Christina as well. And for everybody who's listening, you heard it here first from Britt. Uh, thank you for listening. And if you want to learn a little bit more about the National Medal of Honor Museum and how you can help its mission to inspire America, head on over to mohmuseum.org. And that's it for today. So join us next time on the Mission Inspire podcast. <laughs>